0: The volume nice and loud.
1: Cause we we are are controlling controlling transmission (coughs) with dance boots and (laughs) R&B. Dawn Marie. You're in the mix with Lil Drummer Girl with your host, Dawn Dawn Marie. Marie. Hey there, it's Don Marie Mutel, and thanks for stopping by another episode of today's Little Drummer Girl. We have a very special guest tonight, and his name is Corey Caruso. He is the drummer of Rustic Root. Corey was raised in Pennsylvania, and he's not only a drummer, but he's also an engineer. He attended Duquesne University, where he further honed his skills of solid influence behind the kit and the mixing console. He adapts quickly to many playing styles and environments, making him an inexhaustible resource on the stage or in the studio. Since Corey is currently on tour, his time is very limited, so let's get Corey on the air. Hey, Corey, how's it going this evening? Yeah, how are you? Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. I know it. I can only imagine how, how swamped you are with the tour going on, and it really means a great deal to me, so thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Looking forward <laughs> That is awesome. I have a bunch of questions for you, so, and it looks like we have a little bit of time, so do you mind if we jump right in? Absolutely. Let's get to it. Okay, cool. So, how young were you when you first picked up your first pair of jumpsticks? Ooh, um...
0: That's a, a, something I get a lot, and I actually can't pinpoint a, a, an age. Um, it'd probably be around five or six. Very young. Oh yeah. My dad played drums forever, and my brother was my oldest brother. Uh, was pretty into it at that point too. So uh they are always in the basement. So it was always something that I kind of walked to and looked to and look tried as much as I could, could get at it at that point. I'm not a very tall person as it is already, so. At uh, that age, I was even shorter and could only reach one of the pedals at a time, so I had to put a, uh, a cinder block that we had in the basement on the hi-hat to
1: keep it close so that I could play. <laughs> Ingenious. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, do you remember the first song you ever learned how to play? Ooh,
0: first song? It was actually, my dad um, would have to put that as uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by, the, uh, by Men at Work.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. And it worked. Wow, that is a great band. I haven't had them in a oh, while.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a great, <laughs> great album off of Cargo there.
1: So Yeah, it's funny, because that Cargo album looks like the same uh, logo that this company I used to work for called Rocket Cargo, and they used to have all of the logistics of the tour sets. And uh, right, right. they had a she plane, and it was so cool. Yeah, it was a great album cover. So I'm like, hey, I remember that. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was your dad a famous musician? Was he a famous drummer? Uh, no, nope.
0: he just, you know, uh, grew up in West, a town Westfield, New York, just uh, just outside the border of PA from Erie, where I'm from. Just did, you know, bar gigs with a band around there. Still plays to this day, still in a band up in Erie, uh, playing all the time, so... Oh, wow,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. get monkey from him and a, a
0: lot of help from my oldest brother.
1: Very cool. Uh, so I see you also teach music. So how old are some of the students that you teach?
0: Uh well with the poor schedule it's super little tough to get as many people
1: but I mean I'll do perhaps
0: done, you know, anything from a younger like a eight year or ten year old to um, uh, you know,
1: a college student my age or you know, I've never had anybody older but I would certainly do that. Very nice. I-, I see you're also an engineer. Um, do you love doing one more than the other or great uh, equal um, love? That's, or... a, that's definitely equal love for sure. I love you know,
0: if I can get in the studio and just do the engineering that's that's a wonderful thing too, but you know, if I have to <laughs> you play uh, play on the track at some point too, you know, I'd you know, have an equal amount of love for that.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> how did you end up playing with Fest Can you tell us how the background on
0: that? Yeah, I was uh, going down to school in Pittsburgh and I uh, you know obviously met a ton of people playing that too cane and uh just around town and whatnot. It turned out that one of the graduate students I was playing in a the uh, jazz combo with new Michael Radek singer. They were playing. They had been playing together, I guess, for a little bit. When they were looking. He happened to ask this gentleman, do you know anybody? And he threw my name out there first, and I got a call from Michael on a Tuesday, I believe it was, and that Friday I was playing a gig with him for the weekend, and you know, the rest of history there, I've been with him for about two years.
1: Oh, wow, that's really awesome. Hey, I'll never forget the first time I heard their music, and I don't know, I was trying to figure that out today. Like, who introduced me to that music? Because I feel like somebody turned me on to it, and I just can't remember, but... Hearing like the harmonizing and the percussion and the drums, I, it blew my mind. And I'm like, oh my God, I gotta play that. So I was yeah, just about to yeah. try to like learn how to play it. And it was just so intricate. And it was like so many changes. And it was just so much fun. And I, I fell in love with that. And I really can't believe I just missed you guys because you were here in the Clearwater, Tampa area not that long ago. And I missed oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really upset about that. I hope you come back soon. Yeah, oh, we will be back for sure. Um,
0: but you've been on tour be- for quite some time now, no? Yeah, since the 14th or something like that in October.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I happened to catch a video of you the other day with the uh, curtain monster, (laughs) and and I was wondering where that was and and how that happened and if you knew anything about it.
0: Uh, We're actually playing there, that same place, I think that was Bell uh, Brewery in Michigan, and I want to say we're going to be there Friday, Um, but uh, that was... Something that Michael was doing, the uh, old room manager we had was the larger guy that, you know, was able to pick me up, obviously, but I was, push- <laughs> I was pushed back so close, to at me. It was a was very, very easy grab, pushed forward a little bit, and he grabbed me during the end of the half, he picked me up as much as he could.
1: I mean, I couldn't believe, like, he didn't miss a beat. It <laughs> didn't stop. It didn't startle you. You just kept going, and I said, what a showmanship that is. is this. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> um... And I also love the way you have that Persian rug underneath your kit. Is that something that you do every gig? Uh yeah, that's
0: that's one of mine. Um, I was doing a, I had a brown one for a little bit that got pretty gross. And my favorite color is orange, and yeah. I happen to find that same, you know, similar pattern in a very really loud thing. orange. So, do no look
1: for that. I love that. Is, is there a new album? Uh, The new album
0: is in the works. I'm um, oh. not sure when we're getting the recording, that, but I'm, I am sure it's soon. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> so, how do you like living life on the road? I mean, do you feel like, you know, can be stressed while you're in
0: between two sticks and things like that? Yeah, I mean, the, with uh, with them, we do. Uh, about 150 to 180 shows a year is what ends up getting booked. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lot. You know, it's probably average about, if it's not a big tour like this, about 12 shows a month or so, either van runs or you know, just a little makeshift nice bus runs uh, like we're on right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, you get your time home, and if you if you can organize it well enough, you can get a couple gigs at home from the local cast in the area some recording uh steps and whatnot and when you get home you can do as much uh, relaxing as you can and <laughs> get, get gear up cool. on
1: next. do you practice in between shows every day or how, how does that work for you?
0: Um yeah, just with a, a practice pad. I tried to get, get a smaller, you know, more portable practice pad kit going, but haven't quite gotten that that far into into getting that just usually rock my uh, Evans Reel Fill pad and pair of sticks and run through some rudiments and some exercises that I like to do
1: is this your first uh, major tour? Uh, well,
0: I've been with them for about two years, so... But with them, yeah, this is the first, uh, oh. first group that I've done many sort of national touring with. Very
1: cool. I mean, you, you look very beautiful, so I'm, I'm assuming that you're a young guy, so I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So have you ever had, in, like, while you were thinking about becoming a live musician out there and and gigging and trying to get a band to do a record deal, you felt like, okay, this isn't going to happen for me. And if so, how did you come out of it and stay positive? I mean, there was a time, mostly just in school with
0: uh, the online student loans that I would come out of school with was the only thing I would get frustrated with, thinking, all right, how am I going to make this work? You know, what am I going to do outside? And then once you do graduate, realize, all right, pay what you can. And you get into our hustle, get some gigs and do, you know, whatever you can to, to pay for that kind of stuff. You become a little more relaxed. Like, all right, just wait to pay for it. I, I can come up with all that, and that's not, a, you know, a big deal. But then, yeah, like you were saying, it comes to, to getting a gig that's a little more sustainable than just your Friday night bar gig. It's going to be a little downer, but you can come through it, for me, what was helpful is I had a couple other students I went to school with that were starting to land cooler gig. Much more familiar with Marcus Miller and all, but it happened. Well, yeah, actually, cool.
1: he, he was on MC music. Yeah, it's
0: just, it's yeah, his piano player, Brett, um, great dude, great, crazy guy player. Landed a gig with him actually before he even left uh, school, was playing with Marcus Miller. So. Well, I didn't even
1: know
0: he was still out there. That's what's cool to Oh, time. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a pretty recent album. Uh, he's still killing it. Oh, I should have been, um, been. Yeah, oh he's, he's great. So Let me stop by that. I've got other friends that are landing gigs all over the place now. So you, once you see it happening like, all right, I just see how it works out. I kind of had the thought from the start that you know, music business is incredibly you know tight knit kind of community where you know you're going to get a gig based off of, but well, obviously how well you
1: play. But first, you're
0: <laughs> you're somebody that you can hang with people and you're not causing any problems. So My
1: personality matches do you yeah. make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you know,
0: I I kind of have plans going to start school like. I'm gonna play with anyone I can that wants to play and get myself out there and play, play, play play as much as I can. Getting, winning sets that's exactly how it worked out but as much as I do I got hooked up with the grad student up know the no-rest group they were looking for someone that does, you know the next call was me I love that
1: you just don't know when it's going to come I mean and I, I always try to tell people like hang in there things get tough you don't get despondent because it could be right around the corner for you and you just don't know it. and if you give up you might be giving up too soon and I just want them to keep plugging away oh, yeah. you can never give up to you know, reach that dream because it may take 15 years it may take 20 years uh, or it might happened
0: in five days. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. So it's just one yeah, of those that, things. Exactly. You know, I, I'm not sure if I'm correct on the exact age, but I think it wasn't until 30 that Steve Dad was even doing anything relevant. True. Sure. So stuff like, little things like that, you're like, all right, this is going to happen. You just got to buckle down and do it. Cool. What are some of the musicians that you looked up to that you might have learned your chops from? Uh, I was actually asked this question just the other day um of, of a top five and i I came up with five pretty quickly I definitely and constantly you know growing up uh love to either you know throw on the headphones and play tracks of or it listen. um and i mean i i started up growing growing up uh with lots of classic rock that's you know a big thing of my dads anytime we were in the car going to uh like a hockey practice on the weekends, it was always classic rock so. Um, a lot of my drummers definitely come from that. So, yeah, probably right at bottom, uh, at the top. I definitely emulate a lot of, a lot of his playing. Uh, Stuart Copeland would be a second for sure. Yeah. I throw in, a, a, not too obscure, but um, Gavin Harrison, if you're familiar with him. Yeah, who no, is sure? Gavin Harrison. He plays in a band that's uh, called Porcupine Tree. And he's in, he's gotten out of that, and he's done some other stuff, and there's a lot of his own stuff too. But he's a he's a big pro player. He's got a ton of good videos on on the cool. site. Um, but uh, crazy crazy good technical, just real solid player. Um, so someone I looked up to a little more, you know, closer to to now, definitely through uh college and whatnot. Um, go
1: ahead. No, I was gonna say. Um, you mentioned hockey. Do you
0: play? Uh, I used. To, I did. I uh, played up until just about eighth grade. I was playing oh, uh, the high school freshman team for the high school I was, you know, I ended up going to. But uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not the tallest of people, so at that age, hey, but uh, you can you were really fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that age, you know the the fact that I was smaller and could be a little faster and some of the bigger kids no longer applied because those bigger kids were
1: just a set. So. <laughs> uh, was this ice hockey? or? Yeah, oh yeah. Was that? Okay. I used to work at the NHL, so um, I love the game. My brother used to play roller hockey as a kid. Oh Yeah. Um, I- it's awesome, my ex-fiancé was a goaltender, and, and I just used to say, I don't know how you put 35 pounds of equipment on and you do butterflies up and down, just mad, i it's crazy, you know, but it's oh, such yeah. a great sport.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Anytime we're out in the city, we have to have a day off,
1: you know, where
0: I keep playing a gun. So, so far I've gotten to catch uh, the Predators at home and yeah. the Hurricanes at home. So. And the Predators uh, have been doing pretty well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they've got a solid team. A little rough start, but they've got a solid team to get uh the playoffs. And hopefully the Cup this year, we're we're hoping for that. What position did you play? Uh, I was mostly a forward, usually very yeah, cool. cool. Very cool. So do you ever get nervous when, before you go out on stage and play? Uh, definitely not anymore. With them, I think you know. Obviously when I started, it was a little bit of nerves though. You know, I hope I remember the, <laughs> the song structure and how, you know, <laughs> how happy then. Um, but, uh, I, I, for those first CJ, or first two gigs at least, I made a little drum chart for myself. So I at least That's knew the cool. structure and how it went. But it was still a little fuzzy on like the ending. So it was like,
1: alright, um, <laughs> fine, <laughs> I think this was it. Let's, let's hope it worked out. <laughs> um, have you ever had any like embarrassing moments on stage and so how did you pull yourself out of
0: it Uh, nothing too embarrassing you know short of like breaking the stick or whatever um but you know just pulling another one out of the bag and uh, yeah,
1: the the beat is you know cohesive as you can I hear it. <laughs> so knowing what you now know about the business would you do it again uh yeah I'd
0: say that's it's fun. You know, it's just frustrating moments, but it's still a good time. It's, uh, it's definitely rewarding every night after you get off stage. You know, you've made however many people's night that night. That's got to be awesome. Yeah. Did you change anything? Change anything? Whew. uh I mean, I'm not too far into it yet, but I
1: couldn't say I uh, changed anything quite yet. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So... um I know you use social media because, um, do you have any, like, you know, favorite marketing and social media tools that you suggest to artists and musicians out there that really should, like, hone in on? Hmm. Um, I, I like to use
0: Instagram only because it's, you know, it's just picture based. You can add a little blurb of something at the bottom. Um, and the hashtags seem to help get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people or other users to, to, to see you, uh, but for me at least, you know, getting more followers, at least like a little bit of traction, that's been definitely the uh, the the best tool I think for me. Um, and it all, it all really depends on how, how you use each one. I mean, I've got the Facebook one, obviously, but usually, mostly, is just using that one through my Instagram posting it. A photo of something or a video, write a little thing about it on Instagram, and have it also post on the Facebook page. So you know, doing something like that where it keeps it cohesive throughout all your social media is pretty, pretty uh, a solid idea. And then I think if you can get you know, captivating, high quality photos them. or videos, that's that's definitely where where it's at. No one wants to watch a grainy video, especially in the day and age where everybody's phone sheep. HD or 4K video. Uh,
1: Do you have any
0: words of wisdom for future drummers
1: and musicians out there that they should be aware of? Any
0: tips or advice? Um, I would say the one thing that's helped me the most is to branch out and to learn Mm -hmm. a lot of different styles of music. Um, You know, Rusted Root wasn't something I grew up listening to, but other styles I played, you know, rock, jazz, Latin, whatever uh learning them and learning them to uh you know, you, you are not master but learning the different ins and outs of stuff like that is helpful across any style of music no matter
1: what you end up playing. Um, you know, full time or more often. So very good point. Yeah. I mean I think that's important. It's it's like, you know, if you're a chef, you know, you're just gonna cook one type of food, you know, Took a lot of different types of it. You know? exactly. And sometimes yeah. you mix a little Mexican with a little Italian and come up with who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that's, how you, that's how you you
0: maintain creativity and come up with something new and you know push the boundaries even further than they are. Are you familiar with Terry Pozio
1: at all? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean he, I, he just performed here at, at Largo. Margot. Um, maybe last month, I think it was, and <laughs> when I saw that kid, I just thought, oh my God, he's playing Chinese, and, and I'm like, what, is he playing? Because <laughs> <Yes>. it was <laughs> so intricate, I was just like, okay, and I was really surprised, because there was only maybe like, because when he said, how many drummers are in here, I'm like, you know, and there's probably like five or six drummers out of everybody that were in there, and I was blown away that there, you know, it wasn't like, performing with drummers in there, but it's just something else. Um, so tell me something. Are you ready for the 11 stroke roll rapid fire interview? Yeah, <laughs> certainly.
0: Let's, let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. What's your favorite drum set? Drum set. It's going to be Pearl. Pearl Masters. Cool. Your favorite drumstick? Drumstick. I use the, use the Pro Mark uh, Rebound 5A. Nice. Favorite album of all time? I know it's a tough one. One of <laughs> your favorite <laughs> albums of all time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with cargo omen because I do love basically every song on that one. I could listen to it all day. Straight through.
1: Cool. And your favorite band? Favorite uh man, another tough one. Uh what let's go is that one with that one though? All right, cool. Dine in or take out?
0: <sighs> Depends on if I'm with someone.
1: good answer.
0: Favorite curse word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd love pretty much all of those as well. <laughs> favorite curse word? Man, that's something you don't have to think about. have say it all the time. Yeah, let's just go with fuck. Okay. <laughs> Car or motorcycle? Uh, motorcycle. Favorite travel spot? That's another tough one, too. Now. I've been everywhere. Uh, Japan. Japan, yeah, nice. Who Favorite food. Favorite. Ooh, ice cream. All day. Ooh. Favorite person to hang out with. Ooh, person to hang out with. That's going to be currently my girlfriend. Nicole. Biggest pet peeves. Oh. People who don't have good manners.
1: Mmm.
0: That's, that's a big one. With sweet well,
1: I know, and you wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did it stop? I so don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, Corey! It looks like we're just about out of time for night. How can our listeners stay in touch and connect with them? Yeah. you? You see, you're on Facebook, but what what is the actual? Is it just Corey Caruso? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, Facebook.com slash Corey
0: Caruso, or you know, Instagram slash Corey Car. Uh, it might be Caruso Corey actually. Um,
1: website. And you also have a website. right? Yep, CoreyCaruso.com. Pretty straightforward. Beautiful. I'll be sure to put those links up in the show notes so that they can reach out. Um, and I want to thank you again. What's your next show? Uh,
0: tomorrow, it, we're, let's see, we're hanging out in Deer Park, Chicago today, and I think we're not too far. to Palatine Palantine, Illinois, I believe it is? That's, that's uh, Dirty Nelly, it's called.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I hope it's not too cold in Chicago
0: right now. It's not too bad. It's uh, probably about 6570. Okay, that
1: sounds nice. That sounds
0: comfortable.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, uh, definitely please let me know when you're back in the area and if there's anything new going on, please also let me know. I'd love to share it with our listeners. Keep them up, uh, up to date with what's going on with you guys. Absolutely. Awesome. And um, I want to give a big thank you to our listeners out there. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. I wouldn't have a show if it weren't for you. And don't forget to stop at the website at www.littledrummergirl.com, that's L-I-L-Drummergirl.com, and sign up for our newsletter for more tips, tricks, videos, and tutorials. And if you like this episode, please share it and tell your friends. And subscribe so that you don't miss out on any new shows. We're currently on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And remember, it's never too late to begin to, li- to live the life of your dreams and leave the trailblazers behind you. So rock on and rock out, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste. And thank you so much, Corey, for being with us tonight. You really, you really rock. And I wish you so much luck on the tour. Thank you so much. and I really appreciate you going. All right. Well, we'll catch you in Tampa soon, I hope. Absolutely. All right. Good night, everyone.